man, I guess let's dive straight into it, man. Sunday, UA, yeah, it's mad. UEFA Euro Championships 2020 um, Cup Final, England versus Italy. It was coming home. It was, it was really coming um, home. <laughs> I thought it was, honestly. I was, I was one of those. I was, I was getting ready. I was getting ready to celebrate, but yeah, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't, and um, yeah, I guess, I guess we can we can quickly just touch on the game. So England went one 0 up within like the first two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got like a couple of seconds, and then it looked like they were in control for the most of the first half. Then second half comes on. Um, I think Gareth made like one change. Gareth being Gareth Southgate made a change and then they conceded one so it's now 1-1 one, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few more changes it goes into into um extra time and then the I dreaded don't know, penalties huh the dreaded penalties yeah then it goes into dreaded penalties but before we get to the penalties i think a, a very pivotal moment happened here with about 30 seconds to go we saw the like we saw a substitution which saw Sancho come on and um, Rashford, Rashford come on. Um, and obviously, you're bringing them on for them to score a penalty because after only mm-hmm. 30 seconds, you're not really going to affect the game much. Then we go into the penalties. Um, obviously, England have a terrible relationship with penalties in the past. It kind of haunts them. Um, but I feel like every England fan was very hopeful when that, at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The confidence is still there. Confidence. Definitely, is- I was in a, I was in a pub watching it, and yeah, everyone was still still confident that we were going on going on win. But everything. yeah, little yeah. did we know. Well, everything was going really well, and I guess what happened next was well, we saw Kane score. Everything was still going well. Um, I believe Italy scored. I can't remember who took their penalty, um, and then England score again. Harry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he scores and that was a great penalty yeah, that's a finish as well yeah first set <laughs> when I saw him walk to the ball I said Jesus Christ this could be it <laughs> this could be over already but he probably took one of the better pens out, out of um, he, he, did the, he did the best pen out of all the penalties so mm. uh, yeah that was that was world class um, and then I believe Italy missed yep they missed and then Rashford steps up and it's his turn to take it. And obviously him being brought on to take the penalty, I guess that's a lot of pressure in itself. Um, however, I, I I personally feel he's he's capable to handle that kind of pressure. You know, like mm-hmm. he's kind of been through, you know, cup finals, whatever. He's kind of been there, you know, he's, you know, he's on to big things. Uh, he mm-hmm. missed, hits the post. And to be fair to him, he did take it. Com- he, he took it was a confident pen. Yeah. He just didn't get his angles right. Yeah. The way yeah. the approach to the penalty, the execution wasn't fully there. But yeah, the way he approached it was it looked confident. I, I very, backed him. Very confident. He just he just slightly got it wrong. Like mm. slightly. It was like then that's the margins, unfortunately. That's the margins. But he got mm. it slightly wrong. And then Italy come up, I believe did they did they score? Did they miss two? They missed two. Nah, I don't know. I thought it was one. They might have no, Pickford, Pickford, no, Pickford saved one. Yeah, Pickford saved one. 
Mm. So that means they scored the next one. Mm. And now Sancho steps up for England. And I think, I don't know, were you surprised Sancho stepped up? No, because obviously he was, brought, he was brought on to take the penalty. So yeah, that, that wasn't a surprise to me. Um, I'm not too sure if he takes penalties for his club, which was where like my first question was raised. Um, it's a bit, a bit like Saka. These guys don't really have experience in taking taking penalties. So yeah, my doubts, my doubts are there. But yeah, I'd, before whilst it was happening, I was wondering where where Grealish, where where Sterling was, Henderson, the likes of those players, the established players. Where are they in a lineup to take the penalties? But yeah, we we find out after game what the situation was. But at the time, it was yeah, it was a lot of questions around the choice and when these guys were taking the penalties. It was like we left the inexperienced guys to later on down the line for when it actually matters. Yeah. Where maybe if you didn't fit reversal, if if Saka took it second, Rash say if Rashford went first, Saka went um second and Sancho went third, it might have been a different scenario. There's not as much pressure on the boys to convert. Yeah. But um yeah, yeah that's how how it went. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's very unfortunate. So like as Jamal alluded to it, so obviously England lost, um Rashford missed, Sancho missed. And evidently, Bukayo um, Saka missed the, the final penalty, um, which obviously saw England kind of lose uh, a cup final, um, which is there. I guess is one of the it's the first time in a cup final ever since 1966. So it's still a great achievement. We can't take anything away from the boys, uh, but maybe the approach to the penalties could uh, could potentially have been different. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Gareth was thinking. Uh, you know, all right, we'll definitely score the first three. The pressure will be off a little bit easier so Sancho and Saka could take their penalties. Um, from a footballing point of view, I I, I think personally that um, the, the the way they took, the way Saka and Sancho took their penalties was the same way um, Mbappe took his. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there was much of a focus of actually trying to hit the ball where they wanted it to go. It was more like, I'm going to get this on target as opposed mm-hmm. to, I'm going to smash this into the corner because that's what I know I can do. Where that mm-hmm. Rashford, he probably took, he took that approach and you could tell he did, but he hit the post. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, that confidence and repetition. Yeah, yeah. Like you can see it in the approach play. Yeah. You see it with Kane and Rashford. They've, they've got years of taking pens. Like they, they know how to do it. It's just, it's just another penalty for them. But, for the for the other guys, this is something completely new. Yeah, and especially for the likes of Saka, that's I don't, he might not even take a penalty at youth team level. <laughs> for that to be his first penalty when the whole nation's on his back, it's a tough ask. It's a tough ask. It's a tough ask. But evidently, um, I guess this kind of leads us us into that leads us into that next segment. So I don't think you are surprised by it. I definitely wasn't surprised by it. We saw a lot of racial abuse come the next day, you know, on social media. I wouldn't even say the next day. It was the same day. It was the same. It's all Mm. winter one, right? Immediately after, yeah. Yeah, so um, we saw it. Um, You know, what was was crazy to me was that we were talking about this before. I was at a barbecue and we were talking about what would happen if England don't win. And we thought, you know what? The black players will be the scapegoats here. You know, mm. oh, Sterling didn't turn up, but not Kane. Sterling didn't turn up. You know, Rashford didn't turn up, or you know, whatever. And obviously, evidently, the penalties 
it was the three black guys who missed. So that that light is being shone there, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, now we're seeing a lot of you know racial abuse coming out by it. I can't say um, what's it word. I'm not annoyed by it. I'm not. I feel like it's just expected. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a, it's a shame. I, it was interesting to see um pundits and ex players as well having the same the same views. They said as, as soon as Saka and the rest of the guys missed. They they knew what was going to happen after that. They knew the racial abuse would come in thick and fast. And yeah, it's it's, it's sad that we, it's gotten to this stage. It's gotten to this stage where it's kind of not accepted, but it's expected. And yeah, I guess we talk about following this now. How or what is the best the best route to to stop this to ha- from happening? Because yeah, <laughs> we've been taking a knee for how long now? And We've been trying to apply, apply pressure to these social media companies, but they've still not done enough. So yeah, what is what is the next steps, and how do we, how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think we can just dive into that straight away. So on the next day, yesterday being Monday, um, uh, Stephen Bartlett, big uh, uh, I guess entrepreneur on Dragons Den, he founded a company called uh, Social Chain. He put out a message on or a status on um, LinkedIn, uh, which I thought was a, a good approach where he just kind of poses the question to some of the big social media platforms as to what they can do to ultimately um, eradicate, I guess, abuse and racism from social media. And um, I guess... It, this is this is this is the the caption that he put out. So, the more we talk about players being racially abused on social media, the more they'll be abused uh, on social media. There is a small minority who get a thrill from the outrage. If social media platforms made you verify your ident- identity, ninety nine point nine percent of this racial abuse would actually end overnight. So. Um, like, I think that's a good stance, personally. I think that's a good mm-hmm. first step. And it, I think it. it's a, yeah. Again, I think it's a common a common opinion of many people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that that if you allow some kind of um, identification, that it should hopefully help the cause and stop this from happening. But it's interesting, if so many people are thinking the same way, why aren't these companies acting on it? But I guess, yeah. It's, it'll be good to hear your point of view, actually, George, because I know yours is... I wouldn't say controversial, but it's, it's it's uncommon to what a lot of people have said. But yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. I think that um, what, what I, I guess what, what scares me when it comes to social media, if we get to the point of where we kind of end this like free speech uh, element, we kind of end up being like... Um, I guess is it is it is it fascist fascist is that how you say it where you have to control what people say and I feel like it's not about controlling what people say like I don't want to obviously I don't want to see any racial abuse no I don't but Mm. that I don't think the source of the problem is social media the source of the problem is that they feel like it's okay to go out and say this and and think this you know they automatically want to attack another person's color of their skin or make someone feel subhuman because they missed a penalty, you know, like just, just a simple fact that, you know, my mom, your mom or sister or whoever could go out 
to like on Monday the next day and feel afraid because a black person missed a penalty. You know, I feel like that's that's crazy. Do you know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not something that should happen. We shouldn't actually have to feel this way, you know. So for me, my my opinion is that yes, verifying is good, but I don't want these people to be blocked. I don't want these people to be bland, banned. I don't want them to be put into hiding. I rather know who they are and try to find a way to rehabilitate them and the generations after them. Obviously, it's very optimistic to, I guess, try and rehabilitate those, those people because some people, once they've laid their bed, they lay their bed, that's it. They've built their life and this is how they live it. Um, however, there can still be a rehabilitation process. Uh, whether it works or not, I don't know, but I think that should be included in the repercussion of anyone who is caught doing any social abusing, you know, on any social media platform. So just like mm-hmm. how, I guess, if you were to speed, you, you, you went 30 miles over the speeding limit, you have to go and do a speeding course or you get points or if you get a certain amount of points, then you have to go and do a speeding course. Like it's, it's compulsory. You can't avoid doing that. And I think that, you know, with some of these kind of racist abusers, I think they need to probably go on an on a ethnic minority course and understand that certain people are, well, certain, or every ethnic group is human and they should be mm-hmm. treated as such as opposed to just, you know, getting a fine and then that's it, or getting banned and that's it, and they don't say anything anymore, but they still exist. So they get to be yeah. racist, but they're just racist in the dark. I don't want to breed more racists in the dark. I just want to not breed any more racists. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's nah, like, that's in, that's yeah. I like I like that opinion because it kind of cuts off the supply. So we're going directly to the cause and we're trying to eradicate it rather than relying on social media companies to block it, like you said, and keep these racists in the dark. But I know, I know. Um, so Stephen Bartlett put out the the LinkedIn post, and you went in the, the comments to just have a discussion about it. Yeah. And someone, yeah, someone then mentioned about um, about your point and said that um, I can't see if I can find it, but it was something along the lines of forced education isn't effective as voluntary education. So is yeah. is that uh, is that the correct route to go down? For like the the example of the speed and awareness course is it's in there but does that eradicate the issue um yeah that's that's just, that's just a question for I you how, yeah how did you, how did you take that comment so i think for me like it's never like rehabilitation or education isn't like a one-stop thing where okay that's the one thing that solves it it's like it is multiple things like if i had mm. if i got a big enough fine and I got a bit more education on it. Like, let's say this education was like a six module course and you got to do it once a month or something for six months or something. Like you got a little bit more of information as opposed to not having any information whatsoever. Um, I think that person did make a strong point because there are people who have literally built their lives without any education on it and it works for them. But those people, mm-hmm. I feel like they can't be reached. And that's going to be a section of the population. It's like me trying to change the ways of my grandparents who are like, you know, reaching their 90s. Like, it's impossible to do that. But it's not It's not about that. It's about the, like, the generations afterwards as well. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like you you get hold of what you can and you influence those and then you go on again. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hear that. I feel like we have made certain strides, but I feel like a lot of racism nowadays becomes so systemic, it's so deep-rooted that we it, we have to take that type of approach. How do you how do you cut a root? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't just cut the you don't cut the top of the plant. It's still gonna mm, grow. You don't cut the leaves off. Yeah, you don't cut the leaves off. You don't cut the yeah, leaves off. Like you know what I mean? You, you got to cut as far down as you can, and maybe mm. you know put some poison on the top there or whatever, so it doesn't you know continue to grow. And I think that's the. I guess yeah, but then that's a good point about about that analogy there. Cutting the leaves off is the easy route to go down. What most people are asking for about blocking blocking his account is the easier route. But to, to make more of an impact about this issue, we do need to go go down to the roots and cut it off. So, so what we're asking of social media comment um profiles, sorry, not profiles, accounts and platforms, sorry, to to do is the easy approach. I know they're not doing it, but to for them blocking these users is an easier route to go down than the rehabilitation route. So I guess for them, resource comes into it and how much they're willing to put behind their teams to sort this issue out. Do you think that them, so if we're talking about the resource to rehabilitate these people, does that come from the platforms itself or is that like a government issue that they will have to I think put it- forward? I think it requires either it could be government. Do I trust government to go out and actively do this? No. Um, so I think initially, I think it would have to be some kind of third party. Someone would need to kind of take a lead on on having okay, we're going to rehabilitate people uh, when it comes to uh, abuse because I, you know what, like as, as much as we use that, like, we can use all these different analogies, but this type of I guess this type of hate crime uh, is similar to like any other crime. Like if someone is like a thief or whatever and they go to jail and they just go to jail, but they don't do, there's no rehabilitation process, they just get sent to jail. And then when they come mm. out, it's like they're just meant to like mold into society, but like they haven't, what they've just gone through mentally can scar them. It's not like a, you're not actually helping them to not steal again. They might come out, they got no money. Then the like the chances are they're gonna steal again. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But not get caught or try and not get caught. They're gonna reoffend. So it's like, how do we stop them from actually reoffending? And I think mm. that's the approach that we need to take. And I feel like, you know, there's things that go wrong with the justice system already. So I probably wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket and say, yeah, the government should do it. But I think a third party can definitely align with the government to present this and carry this out and try and get some kind of funding to ensure mm. that, you know, we put a course together for uh, anybody who, it, it doesn't have to be like just racial abuse. It could be any kind of abuse, sexual abuse. Like, mm. you know what I mean, like um, you've got sexual abuse, racist abuse. I don't even know all the other abuses out there, but any kind of type of bullying. I think there can be a rehabilitation process because essentially when you are bullying, I feel like you're subhumanizing someone. And I think that mm-hmm. that's um, that's where the biggest problem comes in. So that person might be, you know, it's down to the environment that they're in. They might not be in a metropolitan environment. They might not be in a, um, 
uh what's the word diverse yeah diverse they might not be in a diverse uh environment so we need to be able to put diverse things into there whether that means you know this is why let's say for example someone might be really islamophobic to someone and they might not understand why uh, in islam most men grow their beard so that needs to be taught you know or mm. do you know what i mean so so you can have an understanding as to why they do something just as much as other races have to understand why white people might do certain things themselves as well do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i think um that that's what that's what um i guess needs to happen i feel like to take a step in the right direction that doesn't mean i don't agree with uh, having id for any social account i think that must happen i think um that should happen just to keep things secure so oh uh, yeah i think also like it allows it allows you to be accountable for for what you're saying online and it makes you think twice before posting like a lot a lot of you who said it someone made a good point that these people on are open about these thoughts and publicize it because they feel like they're in a place of privilege that there, there'll be no repercussions from it yeah. and even at, the, at this day and age now where there's so much hype and so much noise around these issues people still coming out and not expecting to get caught so yeah we've gotten to these levels where people <laughs> even though there's so much noise people still still it's still going ahead so I guess what you said is my I think the saddest part is that we know that and then you can call it from well ahead and that like, this is the life you have to live. So it's like as a black person, you're just like, oh, I'm gonna go here and nine times out of ten, I'm probably gonna receive this if this goes wrong, or mm. I'm gonna like I'm gonna feel this. And then, you know, other schemes kind of fall into place where um like someone mentioned in the comments of the of Stephen Barlett's post about active diverse inclusion by having um, as many companies as many um, I guess many kind of clubs and circles within society including as many different types of people as possible um, where sometimes when they do try to do that that also feels like tokenism so where you feel Mm -hmm. as if like you've already brought this person into your circle just to feel as if like it hits a quota as opposed you know this that's a good point because on poet um on the hot podcast yeah chucky and poet spoke about this on their most recent episode and poet made a good point because i think chucky's mentioned the tokenism thing and and rightly so it, it that is that it can be seen that way but poet was like if it is tokenism that helps us make a change, then why not just accept it right now? It's a privilege to be in this position because our parents, would have, our parents, grandparents should have loved to be given that opportunity just because of their skin color. And it also, it also shows that these companies and these corporations have acknowledged they have an issue in terms of diversity, and they're they're going to force it through. Like they they might have two candidates, for example, if it's hiring someone for a job, they might have two candidates on the same level, the same experience, one's of an ethnic minority, one's white. But because they know they have an issue with in terms of diversity, they're going to hire the ethnic minority, which kind of, it, it might be seen as tokenism, but it also helps the the white, the bigger picture of making workplaces and corporations more of a diverse place. Well, do, do, do you think that that's what that is? Because like, 
Like, I feel like there's two sides to that. Like, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I feel like you make a good point because I do think the generations before us would have bitten our arm off to get to that point. But then mm. is there a limit there? Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, we've got the one black person now. We don't need another one. PR, we've done that. We've hit that. We've ticked that box. We now look diverse. So then, like, can you have, a, like, just like how you have a team of white people, can, will there be a, a team of black people? Do you know mm. what I mean? I'm not saying that you should have a team of black people, not by any means. I feel like it should just be, like, I just feel like it should be whatever, um, whatever it is that you need. As long as the person is the right candidate for the job, they should get it. I feel like that's how it should be. But I would like, I feel like, how do we get to that next stage? What is that next stage and what does that look like? Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because we're, like, it is going to look like tokenism and it probably is going to be tokenism that gets us to a, a next stage. But what does that next stage look like overall? I think, yeah, I think for me, I don't know, you might have a different opinion, but for me, the next stage is having ethnic minorities affect and influence decision-making which doesn't happen at the moment. So at the, moment, at the moment, it might be seen as tokenism from a lot of corporations because they're starting to hire more women as senior leaders, hire more ethnic minorities. So yeah, a result on that means that these ethnic minorities and these females or LGBTQT plus communities now have a direct influence on the decision-making, which kind of gives a bit more of a 360 approach and a 360 way of thinking when it comes to leading which which hasn't been happened before so i guess the next step is like you said having these leaders in place to make make the the initial tokenism an effective way to get more diversity and and kind of teach those that might not be in a diverse area because i for example i work in i work in cheltenham and it's not a very diverse place but the company I work for are actively trying to recruit diverse talent because they've noticed it's an issue um, from from entry level to yeah senior level. So, so hopefully then, the next step is... Yeah, go on now. And then continue, continue. Yeah, and so hopefully the next step means more um, opportunity for diverse talent and hopefully diverse talent can now influence companies, influence corporations to make better decisions as well for, for when topics like this come about we're in a position where we can act on it without being seen as our gestures being part of tokenism. Like we saw it with the George Floyd situation. Uh, A lot of companies were getting hate because of their stance. If they did make a stance, it was, okay, you're making a stance, but are you, are you, should you be making a stance because your, your quota, your black and ethnic minority quota is below the average or something like that. So yeah, I guess, I guess any way they tried to, fix the situation they will get hate for it but i guess your point is just going about the right way with the right intentions rather than like you said just hitting a quota yeah exactly that like for me you just gave a good example there by saying that look you where you live isn't actually diverse so then if where you live isn't diverse why is the business where you live trying to be diverse it should probably match the environment that it's in like i'm not going to go to iceland and be like why is there no black people here i'm in iceland mm. it's not a diverse but then, yeah but then <laughs> i guess 
in it depends what the business is. If if the business is catering to a wider audience that may include diverse a diverse pool of people, then you kind of need diversity in the company to to help make these decisions. So even though the company is in Cheltenham, which isn't diverse, it caters to a wider audience on a global scale. Yeah. With with stores and and offices in different areas of the country and the world that that has diversity within it. So yeah. So yeah, just to go back on that point, China, it might not be a diverse area, but diversity still needs to be there to help the decision making process for a wider audience. I think that's a good point. That's a very good point. I think you put that very well to be fair. Uh, I, I think because I think there was an element of my thinking where like I, the tokenism does come from when everybody just wants to just be diverse because right now PR looks good if you're diverse as opposed to mm. what your actual environment is like. It's not about bringing, I guess, black people in or Asians in or whoever it is when that environment might not have that. But then again, if the type of business is to hit a diverse amount of people, then you definitely need to know how to tap into certain communities or respect certain communities in order to ensure that your business kind of has success in the future. So yeah, I think that's really, really important. Because you can tell when a certain business hasn't been influenced by any, or they haven't had a guidance on on certain things. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's that's terrible. But then also the, there's that it comes with its pros and it comes with its cons, you know? Because there's also like, whilst companies are going through this kind of like shift, you know, you're going to get a lot of nominated black people who, oh, I don't want to say black people. I'm only talking based on myself, but um, you're going to have a nominated like ethnic minorities who might not even have such a strong take on a certain situation, but they're the nominated person for diversity or anything like that. And uh, like I feel like that's a whole that's another side that people probably don't even discuss, you know. because um, mm. it's like, oh now I'm just is it like now I'm just being picked because of this. But then it's like yeah, the nice <laughs> I was gonna say with the tokenism, yeah. is that is that how privilege feels like? I don't like it's like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I did, yeah, I did. Tupac made a good quote. I don't remember the direct quote, but yeah. someone asked him about um, like stabbings or like violence in the area he grew up, and he said that he's he's not a, a voice for all black people. Just because he's black doesn't mean he has the answers and the voice for all black people. So he can't he can't give an answer on that. And that that kind of leads to your point about hiring a black person now. Now they're now they're the head of the diversity team, but yeah, they might they might not have the voice. They might not feel in a position to confidently lead that team just because of their skin color. So yeah, again, it's like about hiring the right kind of people rather than just because of their skin color. But yeah, it's it's a tough one for companies because how how do you how do you effectively go about that without without it being controversial? I think that's why I think there should be some third party companies out there that are that can help with these types of situations, like uh, whether it just like be like a, like a ethnic minority, like governing body, or I don't know, something where it just helps companies maybe consider certain factors, certain things and make educated uh, decisions when it comes to making certain hirings or 
um, certain mindsets as well. I think that's really important. Like I feel like me and you can both be in a certain mindset. So if we were probably asked to do anything to do with, you know, diversity and inclusion, I think we probably know enough about the topic or we probably might feel really tied into the topic to be able to lead some kind of like positive change. Um, mm. But you know, others are not like that at all. And, you know, they have mm-hmm. their own perspective and everything like that. So some people might not feel like they're either qualified enough or even had time to even think about it. Like, like I'm, I'm just here for the money. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah. house, you know what I mean? Everyone has different priorities in life. You know what I mean? So where maybe like a more aligned with like who we are and what we are, what we're trying to be, we can, we can make that lead, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I think, um, but I think to kind of conclude everything, um, I think that when it comes to like racial abuse, I think we definitely need to start taking some steps into the right direction. Um, that includes if social media platforms can start verifying everyone, just like how you have to open a bank account, you might need a national insurance number, driver license or passport, and maybe a proof of address. I think that's a good way. Um, I know some people have brought to light to me that, oh, people can fake those things as well. I'm sure they can, but the majority won't. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, you'll create some kind of uh, security to try and, you know, grasp your hand on the fraudsters, just like you do with anything. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's it. That's a good thing. I think it does hold people accountable and you can be traced back very easily. And then I guess the next step after that is, some kind of law enforcement. Um, I don't trust the current law enforcement. I'm probably gonna get a lot of backlash just for me saying that I don't trust the government and don't trust law enforcement. I'm probably- no, I think a lot of people under that same like, <laughs> have the same thoughts. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like hey, hey, if 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 something happens to me, yo, all of you got a ride for me, man. Anyway, but mm-hmm. <laughs> what's it called? So, uh, law enforcement, and I guess there needs to be some kind of active diverse law enforcement i'm gonna say um that coincides with social media so there's like data that can be shared across so they can actively do a job where when it comes to uh acting on justice for some of these racial abusers or any kind of abuser online so i think that's the next thing and then the next step after i got a point there a point quickly just uh, to make it a bit more um relatable about we spoke about getting people of we spoke about getting people just getting people of color and then they have a voice of of um ethnic minorities but pretty patel is a real bad example of that because she is a person of color yet her her morals and her opinions go against (laughs) what a lot of ethnic minorities are fighting for for example the um taking of the knee she was all over it when it first happened, saying we shouldn't do it. It's a political gesture here, there, and that. And then when the racial abuse came out a couple of days ago, she will then pull out a tweet saying, this is what they've been taking a knee for, right, 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 right. So, yeah, getting the right people to do those jobs, is it, it will be tough, but it's not a case of just getting a person of colour to fill that position. You need someone with, like you said, that has knowledge and is interested in, in that field because, right. yeah. Pretty Patel has has, has been dragged. Polit- political views is also another thing on top of that. This is why when Tupac is saying, I'm not the voice of all black people, because you can have 500 black people 
250 of them are like labor minded and the next mm. you know, it's like left ring or right ring do you know what i mean so it's mm. like that all comes into it as well do you know what i mean because i i can tell you i'm like why am i taking a knee i might take the knee for for community support to support my direct community because that's how they feel my support but then mm-hmm. do i actually feel that taking a knee is going to make a change probably not do you see what i'm saying mm. so it's that like, again that's like the cutting of the leaves so like again it can be it, it really depends on how that person thinks and what change they're actually trying to make because some mm-hmm. people when they make change they're just trying to better them themselves you know we've seen it with a lot of corrupt countries where you know a politician or a president or whatever they're making some crazy decisions but that's because it will benefit themselves, their immediate family, and maybe the generations after them when it comes to money, wealth, and access. But then does that help the actual whole country with money, wealth, and access? Probably not. So mm-hmm. like, politics goes into it as well. So it's really, it's really, it's, 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 it's a hard one. But the more that we can all pull in the same, that same direction and we have a common goal or common enemy that we can try and take down, then it will help us go into the right direction. And I think that's what we need to do. And I think that's what a lot of ethnic minorities are trying to do, especially over the last like 100 years or so, they've been trying to kind of congregate back and be a strong community and protect one another um, kind of again. Mm. And I think we need to kind of go into that direction. But um, yeah, but kind of going back onto that, the law enforcement thing. um, Yeah, I think that, law enforcement and social media need to kind of come together, uh, share data or the law enforcement needs data access. And, and then the next step after that is some kind of rehabilitation. Um, so justice. So with that, you, you could enforce a fine, a ban, you know, whatever it could be like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't work in a justice system, but a ban or a fine or whatever the judge deems as appropriate along with um, some kind of course uh, rehabilitation process or approach um, that someone can do maybe over a six month or 12 month period, depending on what it is that they've done um, mm-hmm. to help them humanize, uh, I guess, their abuser. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, well, is it abuser or abusees? I don't know if that's the word, but the person who was abused to help humanize yeah, yeah. They help humanize them and then we can see if that makes a any kind of change and i feel like that will probably help so yeah i think that's no, i think that's the, yeah that's like a three-step process there yeah um but yeah it's get it's just yeah like you said getting um making sure people are accountable by putting in their verification step two is then finding and getting law enforcement involved and step three is the rehabilitation but yeah, it's just like you said, trying to get these social media companies to to listen, get the government to listen and act on it. Because at the moment, there's been little, if not no action. So yeah, I, I think again, going back to your point, it might be a third party that pushes pushes this boat, applying pressure, maybe kick it out, look to to collaborate with either the government or Facebook or any other social media platform to kind of kind of step up this this push because yeah at the moment it just doesn't seem to be enough yeah i agree i agree and um yeah i think with yeah with that that i think that's that's a great step into the right direction man 
Mm. I feel like there's nothing more that I can, I can, I can say on the on the matter. Um, I just hope it doesn't happen again. Sadly, I know it will. Um, yeah, and I think another thing as well, like as much as some of these players play for England, um, I reckon if they if their hereditary countries had as much what's the word access information if their environment sort of quality i personally reckon they would all probably have paid for their home countries um if they if they didn't feel you know what i mean as much as like england i feel like england is a great country i'll be digging myself a hole here but england is a good country <laughs> <laughs> england is a, is a is a great country and it's provided so many opportunities and obviously our parents or grandparents who, who kind of made a decision to build a life over here, uh, brought a life over here for us to have access to as much things as possible. I mean, now do you have that? And um, it's great, you know, um, but when, when you are constantly reminded that you are not from here, it makes it a very hard decision to, for you to want to represent, obviously, this country. Um, at times and you're seeing more and more players who kind of come through the rankings and they're choosing to play for their you know their hereditary countries um and 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 sometimes it's a a loss sometimes because you know you know when you go away on international duty you might not have five-star hotels you might not have the security that you need like we saw Aubameyang sleeping in airports and stuff which is crazy Mm -hmm. To think, you know, he's on like 350k a week or whatever, but still has to sleep on the floor in the airport. But, um, you know, the England team don't have to deal with any of that. They they got the security, they got the the money to be able to provide for all of these things. But when you go away, we have Jamaica, Trinidad, you know, Ghana, mm-hmm. whatever, might not be as plush as that. Even though they probably are, they are funded. But again, there's so many other politics, there's other issues that the countries have to deal with. Um I don't want to say it's at the expense of that. Like, I don't want to say it's because of England or because of France that these players can't represent their home countries because, you know, some of the countries are put in, they are poverty stricken countries. They've been stricken. You've seen it. You know, the Adebayo situation. Yeah. When Adebayo was in his prime and a few guys got shot on the bus. Yeah. They hijacked the bus. Yeah. 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 So there, there's a, like a prime example there that, like you said, a lot of these countries aren't in a position like England in and playing for your for your for your her- your your heritage country could can be a risk. It can be it can be a risk. So yeah, it's 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 a tough one. It definitely is a tough one. Yeah, it's a, it is a tough one. Um but I, I for me I'm always gonna encourage to do the hereditary thing just simply because I think when it comes to you you're gonna you have to deal with you are going in, you are in a poverty stricken place. So you are going to be faced with things that you would never have to be faced with in England. You know, only like, it's only like, you could go to the richest part of England. There's no stabbings, but go to the most poverty stricken place. There's stabbings. You have to deal with other, you have to face other adversities uh, as you know, and, and that's probably one of the issues. Like take it, go and play for England. It's probably the easier route as a, and you get more access to maybe cup tournaments and things like that. You don't have to worry. But for the public stri- the poverty stricken places, you're going to be appreciated and loved just for who you are. You're not going to receive any racism. You might receive uh, other abuse by like 
because you lived in a different place and now you want to try and come back right and, and, and that's one thing but if you give back to that country you'll be loved forever where mm-hmm. sometimes you can give everything to england and it's not even appreciated they don't even care yeah we see that with so many players but yet they still give their heart and they want to make that change um the way i see it is that like unless you know this country is actually i'm not going to say it it says mad it sounds mad but anyway i just don't see it happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just it's just a bit mad so yeah man but um yeah i guess what should we wrap that up there